0: Hello and welcome to the Never Heard of
1: It podcast. This is Craig Moorhead. And I'm Sean Harwell, and this is the podcast where we talk about the movies that slip through our cracks. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Not our book cracks. Um,
0: is that? Oh, sorry. Yeah. So our movie today is Twilight. Uh, as we've told you time and time again, it's not the Vampire Twilight. It's mm-hmm. the Paul Newman Twilight from 1998, um, little noirish film for the for the elderly set. <laughs>
1: Which <laughs> that, that's a pretty niche audience, isn't it? Sean, yes, sir. You
0: were not familiar at the time with 1998
1: Twilight.
0: No. Did you figure it out before you started watching, or? Uh, I had, what you was know, your experience?
1: yeah, I had the moment not long after we discussed watching this where I was like, Paul Newman is in this, but that, that was all I knew.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I thought, you know, maybe there's a, you know, an, an older woman who moves to the Pacific Northwest to be closer to a family member. And then she has this sort of inexplicable love affair with an older vampire, played by Paul Newman, and that this was obviously what the Twilight that we do know is based upon. I figured they just took that and made it for teenagers.
0: Well, you know, um, I'm kind of disappointed that that it's not what you just described, but uh, here here it is. As usual, our much maligned synopses that we find on IMDb. Uh, I'll read through this. A retired ex-cop and private detective, that's paul newman who lives with a rich actor that's gene hackman who is dying from cancer and his actress wife susan sarandon gets mixed up oh these are so badly written yeah gets mixed up in murder when he is asked to deliver blackmail money he walks into a 20 year old case involving the mysterious disappearance of the actress's former husband james garner appears as another ex-cop who also does occasional errands for the couple I would never see that movie. Now. No. (laughs) um,
1: I don't, I I think a lot of people felt the same
0: way. (laughs) I guess so. I guess so. Uh, Robert Benton is our director and one of our writers. Now, Robert Benton uh, co-wrote Bonnie and Clyde. Yes. He was one of the guys who got that off the ground. So That was another reason why I was kind of excited about it, because this is a guy who doesn't do a ton of work, but... I don't know. He did that. He directed Kramer versus Kramer. Kramer That's versus Kramer. Amazing. There you go.
1: Yeah, And he wrote Superman, the first Superman mm. movie. So, yeah. So, here this is a guy who is no slouch. Yeah, I got excited when I looked him up. And, uh, yeah. Because I, I knew that name from somewhere. And I was like, oh, this is, okay.
0: Yeah, he's done a ton of great stuff. Uh, Scott Rudin was one of the producers. He was probably a little baby producer at the time. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the composer was Elmer Bernstein. I mean, come yes. on. Yes.
1: We're we're, in great, we're in great shape.
0: You got Paul Newman, Susan Sarandon, Gene Hackman.
1: If I'm older than 70, uh, this is the movie I have to see. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yes. But
0: man, I mean, Emmett Walsh,
1: right? So good. I love that guy.
0: Oh my gosh. Like it's, yeah, it just, it kind of, it's very well cast. Let's just say it's, it's really got a pretty fantastic cast. It's, it's got a lot of good stuff going for it. Uh, unfortunately didn't have enough good going for it i guess (laughs) because uh here on imdb it says it had a 20 million dollar budget and it grossed 15 total um and i mean i guess you can kind of see why i mean it's it's a pretty deliberately paced movie uh it's not something that's necessarily super special right uh there isn't there isn't it's 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 nothing you haven't seen before in one way or another so yeah it wasn't really going to break out um
1: why did you remember this movie, and do you recollect uh, how you first heard of this movie?
0: I saw a trailer for the movie. I think it kind of had that, you know, noirish vibe. Mm-hmm. It 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 left you with that feeling of like like there's some dark shit happening, and like I'm really interested to see like how dark this goes. And yeah. uh, so you were
1: like, oh, man, when I turn sixty, I'm gonna really get around to watching this. <laughs>
0: I'm going to pop some Lipitor, and then I'm going to check out, yeah, Twilight. So now let's uh take a listen to one of the scenes from Twilight.
1: Since when a vampires like baseball?
0: Well, it's the American pastime. And uh there's a thunderstorm coming. It's the only time we can play. You'll see why. So, okay, Sean. So you sat down. You weren't familiar with the movie. You started watching it. Let's hear your impressions. What, what were you thinking?
1: We got to talk about this. This is the Mexico scene. I think they're in uh, Puerto uh, Vallera. And it's clearly a resort-type situation mm-hmm. where we see Paul Newman at a poolside bar with a beer in a suit. <laughs> or at least a sports jacket. Everybody else is in bathing suits. Mm-hmm. So right off the bat, he looks like uh, – I mean, he literally looks like he walked out of the A&W cafeteria. I mean, it's just yeah. – even just the, the, like the colors that he's wearing – and I love Paul, you know, old Paul Newman. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, wrote to Perdition. Nobody's full. Yeah. yeah Hudsucker Proxy, I just bought the other day. Like, you know, sure. this, that's how I know Paul Newman is from this age, right? Right. Uh, and then I went back, obviously, and watched his, his older stuff. And so, I don't know. Like, even just within that setting and that environment, I mean, they obviously want you to think, oh, here's this old dude, you know, he's just this old guy. just to be a private eye or, you know, and all this stuff. And then, so I was like, Okay, what what is going on here? This is I'm not enjoying the first five <laughs> seconds of this movie. Yeah. and then there's Leo Schreiber and uh, Schreiber and Reese Witherspoon, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, very mm-hmm. very young. Leo Schreiber has long hair. They're frolicking in the ocean. Uh, Paul Newman is obviously keeping an eye on them. I you think I, they're on a honeymoon, and then you kind of quickly find out that no, that's not the case. There's something up. Paul Newman is there for this girl, and. Man, uh, pretty. What are we like three minutes into the movie, and the next thing you know, Reese Witherspoon is topless. You know, the the spoons are hanging out. She looks gorgeous in this movie, by the way. <laughs> but basically, he's like, "You're coming with me." You know, your your parents are blah blah blah. They're worried about you. You got to leave this creep ball. And so they're they're walking off. He's dragging her off again beside the pool, and then Liev Schreiber comes after him, and he's basically trying to attack Paul Newman. Uh, Paul Newman is carrying a weapon, a firearm gets dropped, Reese picks it up, and accidentally shoots Paul Newman in the leg. Or it ricochets, perhaps, off the – I wasn't yeah. quite sure. I think it ricochets off the concrete. Yeah. Um, but just prior to that, like, there's all these people out there. Nobody is offering to, like, help Reese Witherspoon or even, like, you know, when they start fighting Leav and, and Paul Newman, like, no, nobody's like, hey, yeah. you guys, like – chill like a this guy is old enough to be your granddad <laughs> like yeah. you should not be fighting and from that shot he gets shot in the leg you see his little blood stains, and then there's like this weird slow motion kind of dissolved to two years later right mm-hmm. and I, I don't that whole thing just got through. <laughs> like uh, yeah. the transition was not necessarily smooth but then it did it did pick up for me a little bit when okay well here's this crusty old dude people sort of know that something happened to him in Mexico and you, you know, he's working a, we get a little more nudity. We see Susan Sarandon swimming in the pool or probably her body double naked. Right. She gets out and Newman's there. He's carrying around this piece of equipment that, that literally, I, like I thought it was an alternator or something. I have no I idea. I think so, yeah. <laughs> right? He's just carrying this thing around this like rich mansion where Hackman lives. You find out that Hackman has cancer. He's basically been diagnosed with a, a year and 10 months to live. And there's this weird arrangement where because Paul Newman is broke and has been, you know, done these favors for Hackman and because he got shot by Gene Hackman's daughter, Reese Witherspoon, they basically allowed him to stay at this house. Mm -hmm. is that right yeah rent-free kind of thing and he just does errands for gene hackman right clearly there's something going on between paul newman and susan sarandon Uh, you know at at the very least she's an object of infatuation and affection for him even though at that point it doesn't appear to be reciprocated
0: And, and let's and let's back up for a second because yeah when we first meet susan sarandon as you said she's swimming naked in a pool paul newman walks in through a gate and it's uh, and, and I guess we see a shot of her maybe from the shoulders up. She's she sort of uh, doesn't have a robe on yet. She's walking. So he's clearly seeing her naked. And then the next couple of shots are like sort of her voice over over her feet.
1: Yeah, it was, it was they were very going out of their way to not show her yeah. specifically being naked. Even but still had have abs- a, <laughs> a naked scene. Yeah, yeah. Had had no problems with showing Reese Witherspoon just laying around topless.
0: Not at all. It it was uh, that scene in particular felt very strange to me in just the choice of cuts, where you're you're yes. cutting back to like a medium shot of Paul Newman, but then you're cutting to close ups of her feet. Like I, I know obviously what they're doing, but if this was a movie from the '40s, uh, I would have totally forgiven these shot choices and like the editing. Like it felt like. Something that, yeah, like, oh, of course, you know, yeah, you're showing the person's feet while you hear their voice. Of course, yeah. Can't show nudity. It's, you know. Um, it's such a
1: weird, yeah, it's a weird combination. And by the way, that is literally, you know, what are we, we're not even 10 minutes into the movie. We've yeah. had nudity twice. That's yeah. the end of it. That's the last, I mean, there's nothing yeah. else no. sexy that happens. And so it's just like a weird, it's like, it's almost setting up like this weird sort of like sexy You know, again, you're kind of getting into the noir element here, but Mm -hmm. I I don't even think that really picked up until he went looking for that Gloria woman. Um, Sure. And so it was just like, yeah, it was a weird, again, it's like, look at when, you know, we're thinking about movies and just how important those first 10 minutes are as far as like what you're setting up. I do need to know that the rest of the movie is going to fit within the world that you established in the first 10 minutes. And I felt like this one didn't quite pull that off, you know, because of that Mexico scene and because of like, yeah, how Sarandon is introduced and absolutely on the the dated thing. I I mean, there was a point where I did actually stop and look up when this movie was made. And then they they do reference 1997 within the dialogue, and I was like, "There's there's there's just no way." Yeah. This, this I was like, "No, they shot this a in like 1983, and just <laughs> talked to they just like pretended it was 1997." Yeah. You know, it was just yeah. does not the nothing about it feels. You know, I mean, I was 21 at the time. Like, it just does not feel modern to my recollection of what life no. in 1998 America was like. You know, no. and I don't know that that's intentional either. Like, you know what I'm saying? I I don't know either. I mean, uh, like it kind of opens
0: a, a a bigger discussion about um, you know, I like I, I do feel that it was it was specifically a movie about people of this age, and oh yeah, I mean, well, I mean, obviously it's called Twilight. I mean, it's about people who yeah. are kind of beyond whatever their prime is, and yeah, they're they're dying, they're losing things, they're they're mm-hmm. losing abilities, they're you know all this kind of stuff. Which, to me, is is really interesting. It's like, okay, yes. we're going to take a detective story, but everybody's 70, you know? And it's like, oh, all right, you know? I don't know. Honestly, I, I, I enjoyed a good bit of it, but but yeah. yeah, setting up the opening, the opening scene ends with something that's
1: almost slapstick. Well, and not only that... It's played for slapstick throughout the rest of the movie because everybody yeah. thinks he got his penis shot off. Right. So. Which is not at all. I mean, you don't like the audience never gets to also think that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it would have been better if we had also been like, oh, my God, did he just have his penis shut off? Right. No, it's, he's clearly shot in the thigh. Yeah. Like, you know, like six inches lower then the lowest of Paul Newman's junk would hang, <laughs> like you know. And so yeah, yeah it's just it's such a weird thing. Like I, I had no clue why that was a running gag in this thing, and it does not work.
0: And then there's you know? even that bit later where Garner tells him that's why everyone's treating him weird, mm-hmm. and Paul Newman has the weirdest reaction, like it this is weirdest so weird. laugh, lays his head down on the th- ha. I'm just like, what is happening? Why is that? I, I don't know. Like the the all the choices in that whole moment are very bizarre to me. Um but I, I skipped over a lot. Uh Hackman and Newman sit down and play cards. I think they're playing gin. Yep. Uh Hackman tells him he has cancer, uh and he also gives him an envelope and says, you know, give this to who did he say to give it to?
1: There's a woman named Gloria. Woman named Gloria. That's their working relationship is you kind of do what I tell you to, mm-hmm. no questions asked. And, you know, there's a whole bit about like, you know, Newman's like, well, you're not paying me. It's like, yeah, but I'm going to pay you. You know, it's like, I'm keeping right. track of what I owe you. And the movie was, start, you know, it was kind of working for me when it was getting into that. And I was like, okay, here we go. Let's go, let's get started on this plot, you know? Right.
0: So, yeah, Paul heads out to find this lady, give her this envelope. He ends up going to this house. There's this beautiful shot.
1: Ah, oh, the best in the movie of, of yeah. L.A.
0: At, like at sunset, he drives up this hill. Uh, uh, man, yeah, I cannot. Ah, as it was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful shot. Probably took them. Probably the only thing they did all day.
1: Oh well, it's yeah, it's uh, definitely a magic hour, and yeah, uh, it, that to me was like, oh, okay, this is noir. Like that was the first time where I was clued into a Oh, this is okay. You got a noir, you got this old private eye guy. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 on board now. So he goes into this house thinking
0: he's gonna deliver this envelope and he finds M. Emmett Walsh. Paul Newman says something to him, M. Emmett Walsh spins around, he's bleeding from his guts, and he's got a gun, he just starts he just starts shooting at Newman. Open fire. Yeah, and it's I mean it's a it's a great little sequence super tense came out of nowhere so newman doesn't carry a gun anymore also because of the incident in mexico
1: hackman told him he didn't need one when he was going he didn't ask remember yeah because he has a line later where he's like anytime a client says you don't need to bring a gun that's when you need to bring two yeah (laughs) great little line
0: oh and that reminds me too did the voiceover just stop at some point
1: I, uh, oh gosh, I, no, as so you asked, yeah, I guess it did because I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, it, it felt a little like it had been written after the movie had been shot in places. Right. Uh, but, uh, that sequence though, actually, I mean, this one, Emmett Walsh, yeah, really cool. And, uh, man, I kind of felt like, oh, they're doing like a blood simple shout out, you know, like the way they're shooting through the door and, and the, the I think the, the glass shower door gets broken and, yeah. uh, yeah, it was just that was such a cool little sequence. But then right after that, my questions started <laughs> because Newman doesn't know this guy, right?
0: No, he doesn't. This he is doesn't, Lester
1: he, Ivar. That's the character's name.
0: Right. He he, he turns out to be a, a, an ex cop. Right.
1: Right. So but Newman also does not call the cops. He doesn't after. say anything. He just no. goes to another place. He finds a guy's yeah. He finds a guy's wallet. He finds his driver's license. So he's Lester Ivar. He lives at this place. Let me go see who this guy is, what he's doing there, that kind of thing.
0: But yeah, he didn't call the cops or anything that any of this happened. He just left. I didn't
1: know why. Like, why wouldn't he? Like, what does he have to lose in that situation? I mean, obviously, he's got somewhat of a a history with a police department where, you know, but he knows these people and he's got friends in the force. And there is no reason. That he would ever be considered guilty in this situation. Like, he's got nothing. Even the fact that he was. He's not armed? Like, there's nothing. No. Even the fact that he was there on this errand for Gene Hackman, who we know is probably not on the level, right? He's going to pay off this woman for something. That's what's in this envelope. Any idiot knows that. But, all, you know, if the cops are asking him what he's doing there, he was like, I'm here to see this woman and that's not really any of your business. Like, I'm, you know, I wasn't here to kill this right. dude that I don't know that just shot at me for no reason.
0: Yeah, I was surprised there wasn't some sort of moment that right. cleared that up that just said, oh, I better not tell anybody. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem urgent at all. It doesn't seem like he's trying to get to the bottom of anything that he won't be able yeah. to otherwise. So it's weird. So he, But he goes to the guy's house. The cops show up there stockard yeah. channing is there she's a lieutenant rizzo. i think rizzo <laughs> shows up
1: <laughs> I and love
0: i'm i am always happy when stockard channing shows up God, in something. and she
1: looks so good i mean she like really she just doesn't look like you know obviously in greece she looks like she's 35 yeah instead of a teenager but between greece and twilight she doesn't look like she put on like five years you know it's crazy
0: not at all and and she's like she's like the object of lust in this movie
1: from Newman and Garner. I'm not sure what exactly about Newman is drawing her into him. Is it the fact that he's completely broke and <laughs> supposedly does not have a penis, which is something that she uh, at one point seems to get upset by the fact that, you know, she's like, you know, later in the in the police office or whatever, when they're leaving, she's like, I'll always be there for you to Paul Newman. I was like, what is that about? Like, is that because yeah. he got shot in the penis? Because it seemed like that's what they were alluding to. Which yeah. is I hey, good for her. If that's why she's sympathetic to this guy,
0: yes, <laughs> like, it would make me feel sad if if, if it was my friend, right? Uh, but yeah, yeah. So um,
1: okay, let me okay. ask you this: because Please. on the right on the heels of that is when we meet James Garner for the first time, right? Mm-hmm. I think he's at the police station, but was he? I, I didn't understand that. I guess what, he was an ex cop, right?
0: Yeah, I think they both are. That's what okay. I that's that was my understanding. It's like they're just both cops. They just both belong to this world anyway. Right. So they're kind of and part so of And so
1: was Garner was just kind of there to hang out because he didn't it's not I don't even he left without like giving Paul Newman a ride home or anything right. like that. Right. Well, just, I, uh,
0: I assumed uh, it was something about him checking up on the whole situation. Okay that was my feeling later on is that you know it's it's a shady thing and, and he knows paul newman went over to this place like maybe he was told to tail him I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense yeah but, uh, i was
1: a little unclear there and it was this is also when we really start being handed the fact that these dudes are old because they're like talking and garner's like you're a prostate acting up yet you know it's like yeah Really, it's very. Like it doesn't shy. At least, yeah. at
0: least they're not trying to play them like they're younger or something. You know, at least. Uh,
1: no, but you don't got to say that. <laughs> I mean, <it's> just like,
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, Newman and Sarandon hook up, and then next thing you know, Hackman's calling from the main house saying, er, er, "Help me, help me!" And they run in there. He's having a heart attack. Hackman sees that Sarandon
1: is wearing Paul Newman's shirt. How did you feel? About, I kind of, I kind of liked how they handled that. I liked because how they I, handled it a lot. Because on the one hand I'm like, why would she put his shirt on? On the other, yeah, if your husband, like, if you think there's a dire emergency going on, and you're, you're naked in bed with uh, a lover who is not your husband, right? You go running after him. So I, I bought how they handled that, and I'm I'm really glad that they didn't try to prolong that secret. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like this event happens immediately afterwards. Gene Hackman discovers and finds out about so it's not like hanging in the air like well you know is he going to find out or is it you know it's And it it, i just thought that that immediately kind of complicated the waters between hackman and newman again i wish there was more of that uh, between those two uh but that was kind of interesting and then you know I, i think that's sort of the moment too i mean that's that's probably in a way what launches newman to kind of go full bore into this mystery of I don't know if it's it's just feeling like uh, I just completely wronged a friend of mine or an associate, and I need to do right by figuring out what happened to this Gloria woman and taking care of that side of things or, or not exactly how that works. But mm-hmm. I got to say, I, I want to just back up to the Sarandon-Newman sex. Because this is total ageism. Like why – you know, if they're going to show Reese Witherspoon in a totally like unwarranted, topless thing and they they do not show any of the sex between Newman and Sarandon. And And, it's uh,
0: especially odd because – especially when the aim of the movie seems to be showing folks of a certain age in this story.
1: And I'm not advocating that we have like (laughs) a 10-minute full-on – uh, you know, hardcore nudity between these two people. I but, am. Uh, Well, I'm, yeah, obviously. I'm going to go are, on record. Uh, <laughs> but go ahead. Uh, but even just more of the like seduction and just, you know, I didn't even feel like there was that moment where they both know that this is wrong, but they're going to do it anyway. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, right. it's sort of just like, okay, this is happening, cut to pillow talk afterwards. And right. Like, there's, you know, and then that gets ruined, obviously.
0: I, I did like how the whole situation with Hackman having the. Heart attack and how Sarandon handles that whole moment. I liked how that set up their relationship going forward. Because that relationship means a lot to the rest of what happened in this movie.
1: And it, it certainly makes Susan Sarandon more interesting than she would have been without having done that. Yes. Not terribly long after this, Newman gets the phone call and I wrote this down because I thought it was gonna kind of interesting. I think the phone call is from the Gloria Woman. Craig, why don't you just uh Tell me your thoughts on that scene underneath the the lovely pier in Santa Monica because, man, is a doozy. I liked the back and forth uh, under the pier.
0: Uh, I I, I liked what was going on. And then it turns out that that this lady's in league with Liev Schreiber's character, so he's
1: back. I was just confused. I was like... Okay, why? Why is what is he doing here? Like, I, I totally thought I don't know. It's just stupid of me to even think. I was like, well, they have Leo Schreiber. They're just going to put him in one scene. But I did. I thought he was gone. I was not going to see him again. And then he shows up, and I guess he's he's holding a grudge, right? Because Hackman pressed charges for uh, for Leo Schreiber taking Reese Witherspoon across the border, and she was a minor. So he did time in uh, what the hell prison did he say? It was like Yuma, Arizona, or somewhere. Yeah. And so it's I don't know, it's one of those weird things. It's like he's holding a grudge because he got busted doing something that was illegal. You know? Yeah. So it's like, "Well, dude, I mean, next time just don't take minors to Mexico." Like, you know, it's like really I do, do that piss Yeah.
0: Off? I I do wonder how often those kind of grudges are actually true in real life. Like, Yeah. Usually it seems working on a true crime show most of the time where I see a lot of video of like guys confessing and stuff. Usually, I feel like they don't even care about the cops who arrested them or, or took them no, in at all. Right. Like, it's, like, it's like, no, I'm starting this new phase in my life. It's not like, ah, you copper, you're my arch rival now. It doesn't make <laughs> any sense. I know. Um, so, yeah, so that was that, that definitely felt a little weak. Uh, but, but he gets beat up in, in nice noir fashion. He gets beat up and left under the pier. And then uh, yeah. Giancarlo Esposito comes to drag him away before he drowns, um, which seems super
1: nice. It is, but that whole you know that whole thing is like it. It just feels like discarded buddy cop stuff in a weird. I mean, it's a weird. It is. It's a weird accent that he's kind of doing mm-hmm. Esposito, and like he just keeps calling Newman boss, and, and Newman is insistent. Is like no, we were we never worked together, kind of right. thing. And it was just I, again, it was just like tonally. How does this gel with the rest of what you've just shown me in this movie? You know. Yeah.
0: And I couldn't help thinking about Argyle from Die Hard because suddenly I felt like for some reason I was thinking, yes, this is kind of like if Argyle wanted to be John McClane's partner and like they wanted to always go and be his sidekick. And that's kind of what Giancarlo is is uh, is uh, arguing for is to be aggressively arguing. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's like Paul Newman could not be more clear. And yeah. yet, and yet, he Giancarlo ends the conversation with, "All right, you know, like here's my number. You anytime you need backup, you call me." And Newman's like, "You're the worst backup in the world." And he's like, "Okay, huh. you know," and <laughs> walks away. Yeah, it's like all right. Um, yeah. But so, so you know, that's going to pay off in some way at some point. So Newman, Newman walks around with with sort of a pink highlight in his hair there, where he got beat
1: up. Well, uh, I I know, she, I, I think what happens after this is that Stocker Channing. Uh, comes over and she's the one that's kind of helping clean him up. Stocker Channing is walking around looking at all these pictures of uh, of Catherine, which is Susan Strannan's character, and she picks up this one and she's like, I bet she doesn't look like this anymore. And I'm like there is like eight hundred photos of Sarandon in this room, and there's a giant one on the piano where it's like, just no, just just look look behind you. There's a picture of her from today. Like it's like, what are you saying? Like it's just a weird thing. There's just these little weird moments like that where it just felt like, uh, I don't, I mean, it almost it felt like ad libbed or something. It just, where it just like it's it just didn't quite match with what yeah you would expect real people to do. You know what I'm sure, saying? Sure, sure. And that's what you. I, that's just what I crave in. Like detective movies, you know? It's yeah. like everything's got to be grounded enough to, to cling on to or go the complete opposite direction, you know?
0: Yeah, uh, and, and I did kind of feel like, you know, if, if the relationship was a little more um, developed between those two, between Paul and Stockard, that, that I, I could have taken some of that as her trying to see, you know, what's, what's up with you and Catherine? Is there something with you and Catherine? By, you know, insulting her to see how he reacts. But it, yeah. didn't, it didn't come off that way in the scene. It just came off like she was just idly making chit-chat. It was kind of...
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, it would have been awesome if you would have been like, uh, yeah, no, you're right. I just, I totally had sex with her like the, yesterday and, oh, man, <laughs> yeah, she looked way better in that photo over there. <laughs> it just have been so weird. Or, or even if you just got super defensive, you know. Um, right. I don't know. It's just like one of those conversational things that goes nowhere. So it's like, well, why have it? But anyway.
0: Right, right. Well, let's talk about, first of all, let's talk about Paul Newman pulling up to Gardner's house. And I think this this was the last bit of V.O. in the movie. Is he's pulling up and he's saying, you know, there's only one guy who might owe me a favor. Or maybe I owe him a favor. Or maybe it's the other way around. (laughs) I don't know. And I'm just like, well, what's the point of that, V.O.? Favors. (laughs) (laughs) Favors. Who needs them? And then, uh, although Paul Newman has a great old man but gravelly voice... For an old man yeah. detective story. Because uh, it's, it's kind of got the whistle, like almost a denture whistle going on. <laughs> but it's also like, it's also like very, uh, a lot of gravitas. But anyway. Yeah. Newman's I wouldn't walked. mind.
1: I mean, yeah, have more voiceover. Have, I know. Over the whole thing, but just make it a little Explain more. Explain like, every yeah, moment
0: just, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: It just, it, it didn't work here.
0: It didn't. Um, but, okay, so Newman's walking up to Garner's house and Garner almost pees right on his head. How do we feel yep. about that?
1: I laughed, 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 just like they wanted me to. No, I didn't laugh. I, it was just, yeah, it was, again, it was just like, what is go- going on with this guy? It was guy? completely I mean, like, bizarre. Who pees off the balcony? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, I uh, and- anywhere in los angeles it's not like he was you know way out in the stick somewhere in broad daylight um, he's not in broad daylight drunk
0: off his ass uh, no
1: you got a bathroom in your house like go use it it's not that far away like i right. guarantee like that's maybe a two minute walk for him and at his age he <laughs> needs that exercise so just go pee over there so yeah yeah that's uh, it's a dandy of a way to, to set up that scene and then he, he does have a cool house so i'll give him that much at least he what does we'll see of it looks pretty cool
0: no, I love it. And and, and uh and uh I, I like how even him having that house eventually pays off, which we'll get to. It does? Yeah. So Newman finally takes Giancarlo out to the ranch to to dig up where you know, basically Susan Strand had pointed at and said, I'm glad there's not a body dug up. <laughs> X
1: marks the spot, guys. So, yeah,
0: yeah and, and, and this is really, um, as much as I'm enjoying this movie, watching it, really everything just starts to just go downhill after the shooting at the apartment, which was otherwise fantastic. Yeah, it was kind of a cool scene. Um, but yeah, so they find a skull. So so they're digging. They're digging. Boom, they find a skull. The skull has a bullet hole in it. Yep. That's what I expected. I didn't expect anything different. Um, mm-hmm. Not that we've known anyone was necessarily shot, but it was just like, okay, yeah, he, he's the one who got shot.
1: And then what happens? I mean, he takes that news back to what? Hackman. and Right, and that's actually, I think, where it does get interesting because mm-hmm. Hackman is telling the story of like – yeah, the guy found out that I was basically sleeping with his wife, and right. he was pissed and came at me. He was drunk, and he ended up falling accidentally, so says Hackman, into an empty swimming pool. And, right. you know, the way Hackman is delivering this, I believed him, and I think we're supposed yeah. to. Yeah. Like, yeah, this, this guy, like, you know, you should have seen him. It was just blood everywhere, and, like, you know, I, he didn't know what to do. And then he goes to Sarandon because he's like, that's not the whole story, obviously. He's like, right. I know this guy ended up in a grave with a bullet hole in his head. And, um, you know, there again is like where some really interesting stuff about her character comes out, you know, and it's like, you know, well, she she didn't do it herself and, and she caught a person. He eventually obviously pieces together. It was James Gardner, Mm -hmm. but it's, uh, you know, the way those scenes were handled, I thought were, okay, this is sort of the interesting stuff of the movie. It's almost like. If you had moved the discovery of that body like half an hour earlier and then Mm -hmm. let the rest of it play out in a way where, A, you just get more scenes with Gene Hackman, B, like trying to figure out exactly. Because, yeah, it's not a mystery that this guy is dead and probably was murdered. Like it's it's a mystery of exactly what happened and how that happened. And that, unfortunately, is just 10 minutes, if that, of this final act. And then, you know, you do sort of move from this moment. And again, it's like I, I gotta like tip my hat to Sarandon and like what they did with her character there, as far as like you know expressing her actual like deep undying love for Gene Hackman and the fact Absolutely. that you know, what does she say? She says like, yeah, I would kill for my husband. I'm not saying I did, but I would. Right. You know, kill for my husband. And, uh, you know, it's like that kind of stuff. I don't know. It resonated as far as it felt legit to this character and like they are. And, and to complex. this movie, I mean, it's it's movie, really been sure. set
0: up really well. Through the whole thing, that that's not just a line, you know. Um, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was definitely really strong. I uh, I think my my biggest thing though with with both of those scenes is something's missing, and, and I don't know if it's uh, you know if if it's just that I want something that the movie just doesn't want to give me, but like I I, I want there to I wanted there I guess to be some some sort of uh, betrayal here. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I felt like that was kind of what, what it was close to, but just where it's like as if Paul Newman um, has always been great friends and, and loved and trusted these people, uh, but now they're just as bad as the criminals he used to put away or or something. But it, it, it was it was like or it he, almost wasn't it wasn't like opposing enough to his to him. I feel like that 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 they might have been involved in this, like that he might be.
1: Right, or even mm. the opposite, where Newman is actually doing, you know, even if he was just recording this conversation, which is the oldest, the lamest trick in the book, but right. it does make you sort of wonder, like, wh- wh- where is his outrage? With the- and, you know, it's like, I, I, how much of a moral code does he have that he felt so compelled to, like, piece this thing together? Right. And then we are s- sort of, you're finally getting the truth, and it kind of lands... You know, it just lands as a, as another plot point to the direction of James Gardner, which is where the final scene kind of takes place and all that stuff. Right. And so, yeah, I don't know. You're, you're sort of left, yeah, you know, like you're saying. It's like you you're not really left with a real sense of closure as far as those two characters, uh, Hackman and Sarandon, go. I don't think. You know, it's yeah. in fact, yeah. I don't even know if they ever really get their comeuppance or if that's what they deserve or just like some other little gear to shift into with those.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know that either. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I wonder—is it a matter of stakes? Is it a matter of like there just wasn't something set up there where it's you know, I don't know. Here is this Hollywood couple that that Newman is is friends with, and he thinks they're different from other Hollywood couples. But no, they they're just like them. They they, they hire people to clean up their messes. And They don't <laughs> care what happens with them. Or uh, you know, I, I I don't know. That that was my biggest thing at the end. I was just like, I I don't know what newman's stakes are here right even um, if
1: hackman had died actually which you know i, I kind of thought was yeah. probably gonna happen which you know, maybe it's more interesting that he that he doesn't um he does seem to be right. recovering um but yeah i, I did it, like their last scene very much which was there
0: was this, the scene with newman and hackman ended with uh you know hackman saying oh, you know i'm gonna beat this thing you know i'll, I'll right. see you later and you kind of got the sense that no that's probably the last time they're gonna see each other oh and so, interesting you know, okay and, and i kind of felt that i was like oh I didn't quite you know,
1: pick up on that, but that's. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah.
0: Um, so then Newman does Newman then just totally figure it out, and then he goes over to Garner's place, or no, he hasn't figured it out at all yet.
1: He goes uh, over to Garner's place. To kind I don't of, know. I thought he kind of. Well, I thought he knew. I thought he was going. I guess you're right. Intention and purpose, because of uh, Serena and saying, I'm not saying that. Uh, you know. I would kill for my husband, but I'm not saying I did. So it's like, if, if it wasn't her and it wasn't uh, Hackman, you know, it's like, who else would have done this for them, you know? Right. And it does seem like Garner is the only other only the choice he got because he's the only other <laughs> character in this thing. That right. As, you know, is not dead or an idiot. Right. Right.
0: It's the only thing that's going to be a twist, but again, it, it feels like a half twist. Yeah. Like it
1: doesn't feel like you,
0: he was like, a buddy who was helping out Newman through this whole thing and right. then it turns out he's the one who did it it's just like he is a guy who popped up a few times yeah so um, but I, I, if, uh, as far as that goes I did like the way the scene was played out I did too I, there was some I liked how Thompson Newman sort scene. of yeah was like oh it seems like it seems weird that uh, you know if he was covering it up or he was blackmailing someone or, or whatever that he would have such a crappy house well he, he would seem to have a house like you have
1: you know and then I did not think it serious was serious uh, about it yeah, and uh, I, I liked how that was, like, staged. And then, you know, uh, Newman is basically walking out, and he's like, you know, I can see your reflection in, in all this glass kind of thing. It was like, okay, we know this is going to end in gunfire at some point. Yeah. How are they going to do this? And then what? They, do, they start shooting. Well, hang on one second, okay, because okay. this is critical. <laughs> uh, when Garner gets shot, there's, like, this weird, like, I don't know, if it was slow motion or what, but like he makes his face where he looks like you know when like a dog is like attacking a sprinkler. You know what I'm saying? Did you pick up? Did you notice that it's like a split second yeah. thing? Go back and watch it if, you, if you're listening at home and didn't enjoy that moment because I sure did. I was like, Ooh, he looks like he's like trying to chew his way out of a rope <laughs> or something. So that kind of took me up a little bit. Yeah, I liked this scene. I did like it.
0: Yeah, I mean that was one of the you know there there are several times when the when the noirishness pays off and and mm-hmm. they kind of nail something and I did like. I liked a lot of the dialogue between Newman and, and oh, yeah, Garner in yeah. general, but I did like that one, especially where Newman said, you know, I can see your reflection as I'm walking out. And Garner says something about like, yeah, it's funny. The things you don't think about when you're buying a place or something like that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, that's, that's Rockford. That's Rockford coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with that. So yeah, I, I did like the last scene. Although again, it seems like it could have had so much more power behind it. Um, and it kind of makes you think about the movie that that, that could have been,
1: right? And I, I think it goes back to stakes again because immediately after this, you go to another scene, and I'm—I just was left. I actually wrote down, I was like, w- would he not like be in trouble for k- killing James Gardner? Like, yeah. I, I mean, I guess it's—it is self-defense, but Lord of Mercy, there's there's still, a lot I mean, of questions. Lot, to like, answer. yeah. Like, no. I mean, but you—you you did kill him. Like, yeah. yeah. There's that's unquestionable, and so I don't know. It was another one of those things that. Well, yeah, it is. It, it does scene feel and it's like by, yeah.
0: it feels like there there should be more movie because yeah, it's like the cops are gonna say, well, why did you shoot him? Well, cause he killed this guy. Yeah, who, he never uh, gets to tell and the whole story. He's gonna bring the couple right? into it and all that. Yeah. Well, well no, actually, no. You're right. It, it ends. It ends with him in the interrogation, and they do wrap that up. Do they? Gosh. Ugh. Because he's in the interrogation because of that whole thing. Yeah. The things you don't remember when you don't write shit down. I did write stuff down. No, I I did too. But I didn't write that down, and
1: it didn't stick with me. And I, I I can tell you, we can tell you exactly why. It's because of how the movie ends. uh, Once again, distracts from everything else. Oh
0: man, yeah, it's like a bright shining beacon. Let's just let's focus on that. Anyway, he wraps it up with interrogation. No one cares. Blah blah blah, and then and then so he gets to talking to, to Stocker, and and are they talking? He's talking about hey, why don't we go off somewhere or something.
1: Gosh, I don't go need.
0: off for a weekend. Who cares? And she's like, uh, "Yeah, well, but you got your dick blown off," and he's like, "No, I didn't." And so
1: then, what does she do, Sean? She says, "I want to check something." I think she sticks her hand in his pants and literally, I mean, is basically tugging around on whatever he's got going on down there. Yeah. And I don't remember what she says, but his last line, I think, of the movie is, "That's fair." Which I don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what that means exactly. It's no just, clue. You end with a Paul a,
0: Newman dick grab, and yeah. then everything after that, and everything before that. I don't know if you're going to remember.
1: So tonally weird. It was very is, weird. Okay, here's why I stopped you. When we were you were trying to tell about what else came out uh, the same around the time of this movie. Yeah. Uh, this movie came out on March sixth, nineteen ninety eight. I remember. Uh, this date because this was my 21st birthday right
0: happy birthday
1: thank you Uh, I, I've never been like a huge drinker. And so, you know, we were in film school, right? I I was not as excited about going out and buying alcohol as I was about the fact that this was also the day that the big Lebowski opened. Right. Oh yeah. That's what I did. And when you compare these two movies, I mean, when I looked this up and I saw this came out March 6th, 1998, I was like, Oh my God. Like you start looking at the differences between these two things, which are kind of their goals you know what they're trying to pull off are not that far removed from one another right it's sure. an la noir like us it's a riff on a noir in set mm-hmm. in la and man lebowski i mean which i gotta say it, on my 21st birthday i don't remember like falling in love with that movie when i first saw it in the theater like a lot of people yeah but that movie is so much more successful at pulling off the comedy, just the plot, even just, yeah, I mean, it's, the plot is absurd, but at least it's got those breadcrumbs and yeah. those red herrings and all those things. And man, I mean, that's like what we were talking about earlier. It's like, I just, I cannot believe that these two movies came out in the same decade, let alone on the same day. No. Like they just don't feel anywhere near, like they don't look like they were shot with the same equipment. <laughs> you no. Like, I, I don't know. It's just, I, I thought it was a fun fact of timing. Uh, And so maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll follow this up with a double feature and watch Lebowski again, like tonight or tomorrow. (laughs) It would be fun to sort of check off the boxes and see how these things line up. But, um, homework.
0: I feel the same way very much. Uh, yeah, it it doesn't feel uh, of the era and, and I really like that about it. Um, I do wish the story was a little more successful, at least for me. Just in setting some of that stuff up because the stuff yeah. that it, that does work in it works really well, um, and, and I mean anytime, anytime. I mean, it's kind of punk in, in I feel like in Hollywood to be like I'm going to make a movie with a bunch of old people as the stars, you know. So, you know, eat me, it you know. And like, all right, yeah. good. Um, especially when it's not like, well, no, I'm not going to mention another movie because then that's just shitting on another movie, but, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, Were you gonna
1: say Space Cowboys?
0: No, I was gonna <laughs> okay. go for a like something like Best Exotic Marigold, Ho- Marigold Hotel or something, where it's like, right. It seems like the kind of movie that are specifically for old people to just go and watch. Yeah, like this seems like you know, it's 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 still sort of in a young man's game, but it's just like old people. Like, I don't know. I admired what it was. I admired a lot that was going on in it. Um, sure, I, I mean, I, I, yeah,
1: I don't want to say I hated this movie, but no, I never kinda, wanted to turn it off. Like I never got no, bored with it. I wasn't bored either, and it's only like an hour and a half. It's it goes by yeah, fairly yeah. quickly.
0: It does. Um, yeah, it definitely doesn't feel too short. Doesn't feel too long. So, but you know, there's think some it's, good things about yeah. it.
1: I do think it's a wasted opportunity to have. uh, This could have been such a juicy role for Newman, very late in his career. You know, there was only a handful of movies after this to take. I mean, yeah, like a washed-up private eye late in his life. That's a fantastic, you know, starting point. And I I think, again, it's like I I think it took itself too serious in places, and then Mm -hmm. wanted to have its, you know, cake and eat it too with some of this other like just totally slightly comedic stuff. It's like. I wish it had committed one way or the other completely fully. And I, I do sort of I, – I think – and maybe this is personal taste. I wish it maybe had eased off a little on the seriousness of it. Like, I, I don't sure. know. Like, he's such a – I don't He's like – does he need to be completely broke and living with Hackman and Sarandon? Like, why couldn't he just be like Jake Giddes, like a private eye? Like, he could just literally right. still be a private eye who's – are you going to go hire a private eye in his 70s probably not like but hackman walks in and he gets this case like why can't it be that like you know that i don't know to me it was just some of those things were contrived and never felt quite real and it's like yeah i I do lament what i think this movie could have been
0: uh sean i'd still like to talk about pitches okay okay did this spark anything for you did this give you any ideas
1: uh i i think exactly what we we're just talking about it's like i would love to see a character an older detective uh or a private eye but i i think um yeah it's it's gotta just find a different premise and a different setup as far as to hang your hat on with that um well then i think i've got that's it about, for you. okay good okay let me hear it yeah
0: i've got this idea i'm calling it dusk now here's what happens
1: okay. <laughs> It's a great title.
0: Thank you. Uh, I feel like what you really need to do is you need to take these characters and not, this isn't like a really a sequel, but you basically take these characters and you got to up the age by 20 years. Like everybody's got to uh, be I, decrepit I, and in their nineties okay. and like pushing a hundred.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not, okay. Uh-huh. You, you, you uh-huh. have to, you've you never, got work, you've never
0: seen a movie okay. like this, Sean. You've never seen a movie like this. And uh, that might be because you can't physically shoot actors. When look, it, it'll be impossible to ensure. I, I grant you that,
1: but <laughs> they can work three-hour days. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, in between naps. But, but
0: yeah, well, but that's the thing. Yeah, like like you have all that stuff where it's like, you know, how would a how would a private eye who's ninety solve solve this problem? <laughs> and he's gonna get tired. Like he can only like really go into tech stuff for like two hours a day, and then he's yeah. th- then the rest of the time he's just like in a lazy boy.
1: So, um, and if there's yeah, if there's places that have a lot of stairs, I mean, forget it he's yeah. just not gonna be able to go up and knock on that door
0: and yeah. and I mean honestly, the specter of death is over you constantly. It's not even like is somebody gonna shoot you like are you just gonna yeah. make it down the stairs? So uh, I think there's a lot of suspense to be
1: had yeah. that's dust no your's your guy needs to – oh, here's the ultimate twist okay. he's got Alzheimer's boom oh. So at any so moment, to, reality just yeah. slips away from him completely. Yeah, and he's gotta like he, it's like memento, you know. He's gotta really tally right. his facts to keep things straight in his head every single day. Or but you know, after he wakes up from his nap, he has to like kind of restart from uh, you know the ground floor again. Yeah. Okay, I'm just I'm I'm in now. I'm okay, in. awesome. If awesome. you take that note and you can take it,
0: I I yeah. will absolutely take the note. Thank you very much. Because okay. uh, otherwise, I'm out. Let's yeah. get to know. <laughs> <laughs> I would never I'd never turn it on that note. I think it's brilliant. Good.
1: Well, you yeah, know what you could do then and you could call it Dusk with a question mark because it's like yeah, he is not sure. He's yeah. just not sure he doesn't dusk. remember.
0: Could be dawn. Oh, no. I <laughs> have no idea how to read a clock at all.
1: All right, one quick question. Who would, who me. who on earth would you cast as your lead in that movie? Man. Who's out there. Um You know, Nicholson is get oh, Clint. is getting up there.
0: Clint's up there, uh, but I mean, man, I kind of want somebody, I kind of want somebody almost uh, like uh, Peter...
1: Mayhew? No. Play Chewbacca? Uh, (laughs) O'Toole? He's dead, I think.
0: Uh, I don't care. I don't care if he's dead. Get him. Get
1: me O'Toole. Peter Falk. Somebody like Peter
0: Falk. Is he dead?
1: Yeah, he's dead. He's definitely dead. God damn is Isn't he? Yeah, he died. He's got to be dead.
0: Rest in peace, Peter Falk yeah okay what about is Garner did Garner die
1: James Garner yeah. did die
0: rest in peace James Garner I know man that's this rough. is what
1: they left us twilight
0: this this it'll be a hard as hell movie to cast, but yeah it would be like i i man if Garner was alive it'd be Garner in a second yeah he would definitely be that guy uh, uh Hal
1: Holbrook is still kicking around Hal
0: Holbrook that's right mm-hmm. He might be ideal, he's so f- but thing. Yeah, I-
1: he's so friendly, though. But that would be against you would be casting against type. Then it would be I mean, fine. Cool. Yeah, it
0: will, It would be kind of yeah. like the Falk thing, where it's kind of like, eh, hey, well, you know, hey, but but he's like super smart. And so he's was that a good yeah. Peter Falk impression,
1: by the way? That was uh, you know. Was that if you had what? not m- moved your eye, I would have not known that was him. But, yeah. Thank you. Since you did that, that's that's what had me. Thank you, thank you. Alrighty. I have
0: a lot of talents.
1: All right. <laughs> you sure do. All
0: right. Let's figure out what we're gonna watch next week. <laughs>
1: Okay, Craig. What's up? I'm going to ask you about a couple of movies, and you're going to tell me if you've heard of them.
0: You can try, Sean, but you know what? I've heard of every movie ever made.
1: Okay. I doubt that. All right. Uh, First off, Sea Girl Run.
0: Yes, I have. I've I've definitely heard of it. I wanted to say I hadn't heard of it so we could watch it. Because I haven't watched I it know, yet. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I want to see it, too.
1: It. Anyway. Yes. Uh, second movie. Cold in July. Heard of it. Take that off the list. Mm-hmm. Third movie. The Swap. The Swap. S-W-A. never heard of it awesome all okay. right so we're gonna check out the swap and that is on Amazon prime sweet for you to stream and get all swappy unit <laughs> uh anything else do you want to have a little look back on all we've achieved I think so okay. yeah and then yes I thought maybe we should talk about ourselves just a little bit is there anything that you would like people to go and watch of yours or is there anything available that they should go see anything you're working on that you're super excited about
0: no sean actually i don't have anything to pub right now but what about you what's going on with you (laughs) okay
1: well now now i feel bad Um, (laughs) no no. i you know you can go and watch uh the first two seasons of eastbound and down the last i checked were up on amazon on instant streaming you can watch those uh the campaign I have no clue why it's not on Netflix. Uh, it's been a couple of years now. I guess it's just floating around out there. In Netflix the ether.
0: dropped the ball, man.
1: Looking for a home. It's on TBS every now and then. You can watch that. And then, uh, yeah, keep your eyes peeled for Red Oak's new show coming to Amazon. It's a streaming. It's an original production. And there's 10 episodes coming in October. And I will get the exact date when I know it.
0: That is awesome. Uh, well, actually, you may be able to find... Uh Nightmare next door Ooh. a terrifying show about nightmares happening next door. and uh, last I saw that was on Netflix. Cool. so that's def- definitely floating around and awesome. you can, you can check out my new show <clears throat> for my Man, in which women wow. commit crimes for their men.
1: As they they should, that's I think. Whole, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I, that's I expect nothing less from my wife. Yeah, that's, uh, that's crazy.
1: I love I love that you guys have been able to conclude every episode by just like, and she was justified. <laughs> that's
0: right. Yeah. That's
1: right. No, every every She'd show do it again,
0: and then the title pan you know slams yeah. up on the screen, and um and you're just you're thrilled beyond words that you've just seen what you've just seen.
1: Well. I'm sure I'm not alone in being a huge true crime fan. All those serial listeners out there go watch this show. It's Please exactly do. Like it.
0: Seek it out. Uh, For My Man is on TV1, Nightmare Next nice. Door, and uh, other shows of that kind can be found on Investigation Discovery. And I'm sure they'll rerun the hell out of it. And in the meantime, if you need to ask us questions, if you need moral support as you watch The Swap, if you uh, find an odd mole somewhere on your body you want to talk to somebody about it talk to me call and sean yeah we'll call or or call a doctor either one uh you can find us on twitter uh at never podcast you can find us on the lines at never heard com, and you can find your ass with both your hands <laughs> i don't know and
1: just always remember that you know Pee off your balcony and flush your toilets just when you're talking. That's to somebody. right. And because always... Preferably a cop. Always reach into Paul Newman's pockets. <laughs>